Hi. It's been a long time. We're finally back. On this episode, this much delayed episode of Honey, You Should Watch This, we finally get to discuss Greg's pick from a month ago, which was 2000's Castaway. Yes. And it left me with the searing question that I'm going to let Greg do because I do not do a Greg very good Brad Pitt. People at Fight Club something? No, the question. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it feels like I picked it in 2000. It's been that long. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I had to uh, out. I've got a I've got a beast at my feet. We apologize so. everybody. Um COVID struck the house hard and hard. fast. And uh it was it was enough to get out of bed. So we we apologize <laughs> if you're still listening to us. We thank you very much. Thank you so much. Hold hold on a second. I got to adjust here. I yeah. Guess. Got somebody attacking my yeah, toes. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, I can wait on you. I got nothing better to do tonight. You good? Are you good now? You good? You good? You good? You good? All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so, um, I mean, let's just dive right into it because people have been yeah. waiting a long they time. They have. They're like, what are they the, can they not get it? Is it like, is it? Is it like banned in 59 states? No. No, we no, could get it. No, we just got COVID. And yeah. yeah. It sucked. It wasn't Big a time. lot of fun. It wasn't a lot of fun. We're Big okay, time. though, and everything worked out. And Yeah, and I finally was able to get my vaccine today. I waited the a proper amount, a lot of time, um, and went and got the vaccine. So I'm a little... I don't need a vaccine. I lived I'm it. a little logy tonight. I don't need a vaccine. <laughs> I don't need a vaccine, I don't need Dottie. to see the ending. I don't need I a vaccine, Dottie. It. I lived it. Yeah. I will admit, though, that having COVID does allow for a lot of movie watching and TV watching. Um, Just it, saying. It, well, I, I kind of felt like I had to watch things that you didn't mind falling asleep to because that was huge. It was like as soon as I sat down, I wanted to not get knocked out. So we watched hours and hours and hours of fucking Property Brothers because that doesn't ever change. No. No. I don't think we started watching that while we were sick, though. I watched... Like, I did. I saw... I, I I think I watched 20 hours of Looney Tunes, and I saw, like, eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. All right. Hey. Okay. Let's do this. So, um, if you remember that far back, why did you choose this movie for me to watch? Because I was up against it. I had written myself into a corner, much like the writers of North by Northwest had. <laughs> and I, I I, mean, this is, I thought this was a good movie. I, I didn't think it was a stellar movie, but it's a movie that, I mean, if you're a Tom Hanks fan, you should see just because, just because. Um, my list, which I have right here, gets shorter and shorter. I've only got like 12 movies on it now, so... Um, 
I like Tom Hanks. I think he's a good actor. I, I think that this movie was well done. I always had a few issues with it, but I also think it's one of those movies that you should see, you know, and let and mm-hmm. make up your own opinion. So that's why. Okay. All right. That's it. All right. Do you have a question for me? Did you forget what the questions were? I don't Has know. It been so long? It's been a while. Um, <laughs> what did you expect? You know, I expected a little, something a little bit more standard. I think I I had a real hard time placing my finger on it because as I was watching it, I knew it was I was watching something I didn't expect, but I had to sit there and ask, what did I expect? And I think when I see Tom Hanks, I expect a standard plot line. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I I know when Tom Hanks kind of conceived this movie. And then you added the other creative voices into it. It came out to be something that wasn't your standard. This guy has a lesson to learn, right? This because um, we, we talk about um, his character of of Chuck Nolan is um, very time obsessed, very very you know traveling all the time, pressured. But it's not like he's this rich entitled person it's not like he's he's mean to anyone it's not like he has this huge lesson to learn and it's there's like this is his comeuppance and he and he you know changes for the better and all that it's not that it's the the characters no if get him off of those seriously the The cat the cat has decided to chew my comic books we'll move the comic books Sorry about when that. When has he folks. ever done anything like that? <laughs> well, he eats cardboard boxes, so that's not much of a, a leap right there. But anyway, sorry about that. No, that's okay. Sorry, so, folks. So, um, so what I was saying is, like, I think the characters, if anything, are very, um, I don't want to say flatline, you know, but they're they're mild, right? Even when something major like this happens, he doesn't like change. I don't want to say dramatically because he does change dramatically, but he doesn't like emotionally that that shift is just not quite there. Like I was expecting something bigger, I yeah, guess. But this isn't a man against man or a man against himself type no, sort of situation. It's not. This is a man no. against nature movie. So he doesn't need. Yeah. We, I mean, we don't really need any character character development in this, but okay. Well, it in the end. It, toward I guess toward the end you you really do because I kind of found the back end the the implications of the back end of this movie when he finally does get rescued. Whoa, whoa! What spoilers? <laughs> Our policy is that if the movie has only has been out for more than a year, that spoilers are okay. Uh, do you have a written, signed, notarized? No, document but with I will. I will call it? our lawyer soon. Yeah. Um, I'll bet you will. <laughs> what were those divorce papers that he opened up? Yeah. All right. Um, like those things to explore, I think, had the... Um, guys, sorry. I'm, I'm flaking. Uh, inoculation brain. Um had were richer. Like there was, it was richer territory to tap because of there's so much underneath the surface, and it it is complete. It is very underplayed. So I didn't expect. That's the stuff I didn't expect. Long story short. Okay. Story of my life. Long story longer. Story okay. of my life. No, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, when I heard the premise of this movie, I'm like, dude, guys on an island, let's go. I, I, I mean... <laughs> It's I, 157 I, minutes I, long, isn't it? Right. I, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like two hours and 34 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, okay. Okay. I remembered it. Uh, I remembered it being uh, longer. Like when Did we it watched it, feel longer. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, no. I remember. I just remember it. I felt like when I when I watched it because I haven't seen this in a long time, and when I say long time, I mean. 15 years maybe mm-hmm. uh i i felt like it dragged more i felt like it, it, it in the middle it it slowed down but it doesn't for two and a half hour movie it actually moves pretty good i i i will give it that to to begin with here um uh i'm probably getting out of the do you need to do the synopsis yeah i'll do the synopsis yeah. i just was thinking that that i expected it to be something different especially zimetka's kind of film right i and and with tom hanks in it i expected a, for lack of a better term, boilerplate plot of a movie, right? Yeah. And every time it, I expected it to zig, it zagged. And so that's Okay, well, that's, that's good because yeah. apparently according to, and I'm not getting into the trivia, oh. but one of the things, one of the things that I found was I, I, I did not realize that Tom Hanks wrote this movie. I, I, did, he, I did not he was, it, it was his idea he was in on. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the writer, but he's like he gets a credit. He did not want a boilerplate. Lost it at exactly. sea. I, so so that's good. That means yeah. that he accomplished what he set out to do. Yeah. If he zigged when you thought thought he should have zagged, well, kudos to you, Mr. Hanks. <laughs> Apparently all that money says you're doing something, right? <laughs> Slow clap. I was a little pissed. Mm-hmm. To be honest, the first time I watched this, because they were like directed by Robert Zemeckis, and there was not a single fucking DeLorean in the whole movie. <laughs> no train. Angry, angry. I'm an angry elf. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um, I will do my best uh, to make this synopsis short and sweet. Okay. So uh, it is. Uh, there we go. There's a good start. Castaway is a 2000 survival drama. Um, Starring Bear Grylls. <laughs> no. Um, set in, I think it was 1995 was the year it was set in. Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah um, it, it follows the character of Chuck Nolan. Chuck Noland. Right on the nose. The Metcus, yeah. just like usual. Um, he's a FedEx system engineer and his job is to improve productivity. So he lives and he dies by the clock. Um, he lives with his longtime girlfriend, Kelly. Um, and it is established very early that he does a lot of traveling. They don't get to see each other that much. There's a little bit of a strain there. Um, during Christmas, uh, he chooses to, uh, go on a trip, uh, presumably to Malaysia, um, and he leaves his soon-to-be fiance Kelly behind. Um, he gives her what she believes to be a engagement ring and tells her not to open it till he gets back on New Year's Eve, and he will be back soon. Um, that doesn't happen. Surprise, surprise! A movie about a guy on a deserted island that kind of figures into the plot. At least he had cable. Yeah, he did. Uh, so a violent storm sends his plane. Uh, Diving into the Pacific Ocean, he is the only one of a crew of four or five 
to I survive? I think there was five on the plane, yeah. Um, so he has to figure out how to survive on this deserted island. Uh, about four years later, he finally hatches a plan to um, escape, um, and that he does, and then he has to deal with the consequences of uh, coming back to everybody who's moved on without him. Yeah. All right. Well done. Starring? Tom Hanks. And? Helen Hunt. And? <laughs> and? Hold on. I have to get to my notes. Don't be pressuring me. We got all the time in the world. It's Castaway. <laughs> all right. Uh, it also has uh, Nick Searcy. Um, little bitty, itty bitty role by Chris Noth, Mr. Big, to most of the ladies. Um, and then a few handful of other people that uh, I don't have the names to. How it's not a large cast. Uh, yeah, but you're forgetting the third most important person in the movie. Wilson? Yeah. He's not a person. He is to Tom. He's a thing. He's a person. He's a thing. You know, they actually wrote lines of dialogue for Wilson so that when Tom Hanks would do it, they could go back and forth in a work for it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought Wilson was important, so whatever. Wilson is important because Wilson, Wilson is... Wilson, I guess. Wilson is Fuck you, Wilson. <laughs> Wilson is important. Wilson is basically Tom Hanks talking to his pre-island self. I feel like Wilson had to have been uh, a later addendum or something because I guess the early versions had a good version and a bad version of Chuck having dialogue back and self back and forth with himself. Oh, that would have been horrible. Yeah, it would have been pretty rough. Yeah. I, I think I, I think it was a good move to to stay away from that. Well, I mean. You had to give him something to interact with, right? Right. Something. So, I mean, at least it was yeah. a volleyball. Now, I don't know what kind of a grandfather sends a volleyball to his grandson and says, have the greatest birthday ever, but... Maybe his son was a, in a volleyball. Well, if his son was really into volleyball, his son probably had a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was sending him a volleyball from Memphis, Tennessee to Malaysia. Let's start with that. <laughs> let's start. Let's start with. Are these? Were they um, all going to Malaysia? Yeah. I don't know I if it was supposed to be Malaysia. I think that that's what's hinted at in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I know that Malaysia's probably. I mean, I'm not a FedEx employee. They're probably a hub. Mm -hmm. Um, man, that's a question. That's that's a question. I can't. I can't go into that. Right. That's a question that I have. I mean, I think it's really odd some of the things that he gets that were sent to Malaysia. I mean, ice skates, yeah. Yeah. a dress. I mean, I, I don't know. I I understand oh, it. I forgot about the dress. Yeah, yeah I understand it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it pushes the plot along, so I'm not going to nitpick it too much. I mean, there's lots of things you can nitpick about this movie if you want, but if you go to the IMDb IMDb page where they do the goofs, right? Wow, it's huge. There are there are a lot, and I kept looking at him, going, "Man, that's um." From a guy who's picky about movies, that's picky. So I didn't even bother. The only one, the only one that I did agree with was when the plane hits the water. Tom Hanks gets thrown backwards into right. the cargo department uh, compartment. He would not get thrown backwards. He would have been thrown out of the windshield. He would have been killed at, at when the plane crashed. But that's all right. We'll let it. We'll let it slide because you know what's. It's just science. Science doesn't matter in what's this country physics anymore. What's physics anyway? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So. Tom Hanks does did say he he made Castaway because he wanted to examine the, the I'm reading 
mm-hmm. uh, straight from my computer, his quote here. I want to examine the concept of four years of hopelessness in which you have none of the requirements for living, food, water, shelter, fire, and company. But it took us six years to put together and the alliance that would actually exa- um, would actually examine that. I only had only a third of it. Bill Broyles only had a third of it. He's the, he's the writer. And it wasn't until Bob Zemeckis came along and provided the other third. I had that original idea. I was reading an article about FedEx and realized that 747s filled with packages fly across the Pacific three times a day. And I just thought, what happens if that goes down? You so lose, the, you lose the some start packages. Of it. Now, I think you've got, you're taking probably Zemetkis and and Bill Broyles's point of view to add themes to it because um, there are there are themes in this, right? Because you're you're taking someone who's obsessed with time, obsessed with systems, obsessed with being productive, and you take away all the technology that allows him to do that, and you give him nothing but time. You're, himself. Yeah. Right. You took away all his tools and made him rely on himself. Right. That's a large part of it, absolutely. Well, I think some of it, too, is the time, right? Because he's got to go from place to place all the time. He has this whole monologue when he's doing the presentation to the, the Russian FedEx workers that this is your clock, you live and die by this clock, et cetera, et cetera. And the only person that he, or the only time he doesn't have t- the time to d- do the things he wants to do is when he's with Kelly because he's not around her enough. Then you give an abundance of time, but you take him away from that, you know? So it's, it's an sounds, interesting... Sounds exactly like life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, Like it's when, you're, when you're locked up at home because of COVID, mm-hmm. you've got some money to do stuff, but you can't go anywhere. But when work is happening, you can go everywhere you want, but you got no time. I don't want to do this anymore. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I just, got, I just got super depressed, everybody. I'm sorry. The, the thing that threw me off when we originally started watching it was in the beginning, you've got that scene. It, it, the, the movie starts and ends in the same place, right? That crossroads in Texas. But the thing that struck me is when they put the words up on the screen which is, you know, the movie title that Castaway was two words. Did, you know, did that, did you catch that the first time you watched it? I, did, I didn't catch it until I started doing the research after the movie that it's yeah. two different words, which is weird because... It's not how you spell Castaway. That's, it's, that, that means you've cast away. You've, like you've, you've dis- cast dis- it away, you've first, discarded yeah. it. I know. You, yes, that's very weird. I don't know why they did it. I couldn't right. find out why they did it, but that's not, that's not Castaway. I think... It, it's it's spoiler alert. Um, I Chuck had to cast away what he thought was important toward the end in his old self. Um, in that scene where you cry over freaking volleyball, um, that gets lost in the ocean. That was his old self. Finally, him finally saying goodbye to that old self and you know and apologizing over and over again. It was the last piece that had to go. So that's, I think, part of that castaway. They actually, and I was, I'll, I'll uh, attach some of the videos that, you know, I watched after I watched the movie um, with some of the movie analysis. Chuck, cast Chuck, right? The na- guy's name is Chuck. 
Chuck Noland. You know? The Chuck Nolan thing, yeah, but Chuck yeah. and Cast, there's a lot of other words that start with C. Not C. Cucaracha. Cast means, Cucaroche. Cast means t- to toss away. So does Chuck. Oh, okay. Good yeah. enough. So, yeah. I mean. See, I thought it was just somebody that was in a master's program at Ohio State. They asked him to spell that. That's what I th- all I thought that was. <laughs> I mean, good. So, uh, okay. So that was like, okay, there's themes in here. There's media. But some of it, you know, typical Zemetkis is was a little too on the nose for me. Just a tad. But. Well, you have to be. Otherwise, people won't get it. Yeah. Trust your audience. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Anywho, all right. So that's that was. I think that was interesting. I think there was a lot of interesting things that it could, like I said, could have gone. Like when he comes back, you know the 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 whole fact that he's technically not a a person anymore, you know, because he's technically dead. They. You know, they had a funeral for him. They have to revive him. They have to get his paperwork back up and running. He's got, basically is coming back from the dead. I thought the rules were that if you don't have a body, you can't have somebody legally declared dead for seven years. I don't know that. Uh, is that what, your questions piece? We'll have to no, look it No, I just thought, I just, I, yeah. I, no, it wasn't a question because, I mean, there's several things in this movie that you just kind of let go because yeah. it's a grain of salt. But, I mean... Seems like things moved awful fast there. You know what I mean? But maybe maybe that's just the old timer in me about when a long time ago. I don't know. Mm. I um, We'll start with the plane crash. I think one of my biggest issues with this movie was the ridiculousness with of which why the plane crashed. Okay. Let me have a real reason. Give me a bird strike. Give me an engine flared. Give me a, a, a catastrophic failure. You just there's no there's no real reason. There are uh, theories on the internet that there was a hazardous material in the airplane that exploded, but the explosion in the plane did not come from the cargo area. It, the plane it just was the engine. The plane right? just started nosediving. So uh, that that and I feel like if you've got well, okay, we'll just throw a question out. Mm-hmm. He's the only guy in the world that knows how to make stuff go faster. He's got to go to Russia and Malaysia. I mean, they don't have people in in Europe or Asia that know how to. You, you know what I mean, right? You, and you're going to put. I mean, him they rarely call him away on Christmas Day. Yeah, and you're going to yeah. you're going to put. We we oh, we've got a package emergency. There's a pair of skates that might not make it to Malaysia. I mean, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I I get it, but someone that like that. First of all, someone like that is going to have a crew that works for him that he's going to dispatch, number one. He's not just going to have a beeper. Number two, he's not going to fly on a 747. They're going to put him on a personal jet like when they brought him home. You know what? You know what mm. There's um, other, other than that, and then of course, of course, the ELT got cut off of the raft as he was pulling himself up. That's Explain a, what an ELT is. An ELT those. is called an electronic locator transmitter. And it is the item on an airplane um, that when the airplane crashes, that's how they find the wreckage. That is the, it's always in the tail. Mm-hmm. And um, it's only, you can only test them on the first five minutes of the hour. So between 11 and 11.05. And if it's going off at any other time, it triggers, we got to get our shit together and get out there. Um, unless it's an accident, you call it, got a number you can call. Mm-hmm. But on the boat, when he inflated it and it pulled him up, that one thing that got caught around the wreckage, that red bag, right. that was the ELT for the raft. Okay. 
uh, military pilots have an ELT that is actually fits in their flight suit. It slides down in their pant leg so that no matter where the plane is, they can find the plane, but they can, first and foremost, they can hone in on the pilot because they're not going to save the plane. They got to save the pilot. It's just, to me, it's such a, it's such a trope that you, oh, it got cut by water, blah, blah, blah. If that was the case, that thing was wrapped around the plane, they'd have found that plane wreckage and they would have, it's just... That one little thing. Right. And they would have tried to figure out the tide and yes. yeah, all that. I, I mean, obviously there's got there there would be some delay in yes. them finding him because or looking even looking in that area because they would have to wait for the storm to pass. Yeah. You know? Um this isn't me shitting on the movie, but at that point, with today's technology but it wasn't today's technology. Yes, it was. It, it was, was 90, 90, It was 1995, okay. 1996. Okay. He still had a beeper. The, it, does, <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter. Aircraft technology, that's yeah. actually when I went to school on this stuff and, okay. and learned this stuff and got my license, even the, the early 90s. The technology that we have that we can find that stuff, especially with our subs and things like that, they would have they would have found that island. Okay, you find the island, the movie doesn't happen. I get that. Mm-hmm. I will live in the moment and let it go. But the but the whole just don't give him don't give him the raft. Don't give him the raft and have the ELT cut. Just give him a vest. Right. Because that's significantly more believable anyway. When was it when have you ever gotten on a seven forty seven and went, uh hey, in case the shit hits a fan, there's a blow up raft over here <laughs> under seat uh, you know, E eighteen and you're like, Well, that's Carl's. I'm not I just it, that that kind of well, I think the thing too is, you know, uh, one of the things that I had an issue with is, you know, they have him uh, show up on the island, and of course I was annoying you because I'm like, just pull the raft and pull the goddamn raft and, but that's not what's bothering me. It was just, real, I'm, that's not what I'm I'm going to be talking about. But it it did bother me because I'm like, so that's when you, as the watcher, you're you're trying to figure out what your survival instincts would be. And you're like, you need that, that shelter. Um, but I'm sure he's he was probably shocked and you don't, in shock, you don't know what you're doing. But the thing that um, kind of struck me is he was given the raft by the third pilot. Okay, so you had the pilot, the co-pilot, and the navigator. And then I don't know who that fourth guy he's was. A, he's a crewman. He's just crewman, on the, right. he's on the okay. plane. When, when, when somebody needs a... I mean, that's a long flight. Yeah. That's a long flight. Somebody needs to take a nap. He steps in. You, you know, mm-hmm. that's who he was. Okay, so he's he hands Chuck the boat, the life raft. Uh, that's what it was, right. yeah. Um, Chuck realizes that in the turbulence, the watch that Kelly had given him for Christmas with her picture in it had fallen. So he's got a, was it his choice between do I get the watch and do I, or do I grab the raft? And then the raft ends up hitting this guy. um, Pushing. No, No. No. the plane, the plane did a a severe drop and it threw him up into the ceiling. Remember? And he hit his head. He hit his head. Okay. I thought it was like, cause I would have been like, I would have been racked with guilt <laughs> for a good portion of the time because I felt like some of the things choices that he made may have been a detrimental to the rest of people surviving but I well, guess I, think, I was wrong. I, no, no, I don't think you were wrong. I, I know I know what you're saying. He told him to give it to him and he says you the thing that is when the crewman says you need to go buckle up. Yeah. What is that crewman going to go do? 
he's going to go buckle up. Yeah. He, that, I mean, that's just like the government. This is what you should do. And then they do the exact opposite. That So that, first of all, that was a step right there where he's like, you need to go buckle up. And what's he do? He goes in the bathroom, puts water on his face. Dude, you're going to, your face is going to be wet enough in just a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Just go sit down. We got this. We got right, this. Right, right, right. You, you know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I, I, the, the, I would have preferred a, a different metric there, but I, I, again, that's not the focus of the story. Um, I find it hard to believe that an airplane of that size that flies at that height mm-hmm. hits the water and he, he he has the ability to... I just... yeah. I would I would have preferred to see something a little different, but but again, not not the focal point of the movie. No, they probably just... said, "Look, we don't need to put a whole lot of research into this. Let's just throw something at the screen. It'll be there. We'll give it some flashy special effects, and we'll move on." So we will move on. Well, if he'd had the ELT, he, they would have found him. Here's here's one thing too that you have to kind of keep in mind. Um, they FedEx was aware. Um because they wanted to use the FedEx name and the FedEx. They didn't pay any placement or anything like that. They were aware, weren't particularly happy about the whole plane crash thing, but they they understood it. But they didn't have people from FedEx consulting. The only people who kind of monitored the movie because it was the brand they were concerned about were uh, were a team of marketers. That's correct. So you probably aren't going to get your most... Do you know the difference between a FedEx um, 747 and a UPS 747? It's, okay, what's no? <laughs> the, the, the symbol on the outside. That's it. They're yeah. the same airplane. You don't have to talk to FedEx to get. I understand that, but I mean, I'm just saying that had they had maybe other people consulting, it would have been a tad more realistic. But I don't think a bunch of people understand. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, they yeah. didn't. They didn't put a lot of effort into it because it was a 10 minute scene in a two and a half hour movie. So yeah. yeah. That's fine. Okay. All right, now that we're done making fun of that, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh-uh. We will not get... Oh, no, we'll, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Uh, Stop looking at me like that. Because... It's not fun. You can't play with my brain today. It's a little oh. wonky. <laughs> well, so. then we should stop right now. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just okay. a tad wonky tonight. Well, okay. all right. So um, let's talk about what we liked and what we didn't like about this movie. I mean, you you just went off on your reality check. I like, I like we'll the, call it Greg's reality check from here on out. How's that? No. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, as a movie, it does what you want it to do. It entertains you. And, you know, I don't, I don't feel like too many of the things that happened on the island were too unrealistic. There's a couple things that were ridiculously unrealistic. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, other than that, I, 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 I liked it. I don't, I don't know what you're asking me here. I, I, I just, you know, there are certain things that when I was watching the movie took me out of it a little bit and it's no fault of the movie makers. I think it's just Tom Hanks has been in too many movies, maybe, um, because I felt taken out of the movie sometimes when he would react in a way that was maybe reminiscent of something else. Or, you know, we were making jokes about, you know, or Joe versus a volcano or, you know, Cap, I'm the, I'm the captain. No, right. That kind of, you know, you, so it, 
I think had I, had I watched it back in 2000, I may not have had that same reaction, but I almost felt like Tom Hanks, I think, did a, a, real, a good job with it. Obviously, if he got a, an Oscar nomination for it, but... Oh, that's what I forgot to check. Um, but I just kind of feel like had somebody else been in this movie that I wasn't as familiar with or wouldn't have reminded me of other things, I might have been in the movie a little bit more. I think Tom Hanks kind of prevented me, and that's no fault of Tom Hanks. It's just it prevented me from really trying to go on this journey with him. Is that Does that make sense? It does. But Tom Hanks isn't going to write a movie for somebody else to star in. And I will... Except I will, his son. Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and I will I will say this. I think that if you try and pitch this movie in 2000 with anybody other than Tom Hanks, it's probably a flop. Mm-hmm. It's, pro- it's not going to make back... It's See, not going to make ca- what I mean. Because I, it was... Uh, you had... He was the movie. He he literally was the movie. He, he had was to in, be. He was I mean, in almost every freaking he had scene. To be right. Um. You're right. So, <laughs> who would you have had in 2000 that could have done that? I, you know, I for some reason I'm thinking like Paul Giamatti could have done that. May not have gotten as in shape yeah, as Paul Giamatti's yeah. not that name though. You know what no, I mean? he's not that. Nobody's name. going to watch Paul Giamatti for two and a half hours, even though I like him. He's a yeah. very talented actor. It's just, I. You know, it's funny because I, I, I forgot. I kind of blanked at the beginning of this because you know we we're, we kind of we're kind of skipping over um, some unique and interesting things they they were doing at the time in terms of the the making of this movie, um, which was you know Tom Hanks gained what forty pounds beforehand. He, well, he just stopped. He stopped working out and exercising to let himself get pudgy yeah. for the first half. Yes. Because he wanted the, the transformation to be dramatic. Yeah. So they filmed what, for a year? Well, they it filmed... It took six years to do this, so... Yeah, I don't think they filmed for a year. I think they filmed the first... They filmed that first part and then they took a year off. A year off. Zemeckis went, went yep. and filmed What Lies Beneath. Right. And then they came back and Tom Hanks had lost the, had lost 50 pounds. Yeah. Which is a lot of weight when you're, because even yeah. though he was pudgy at the beginning, he was still probably only two twenty, two yeah. two thirty. What can you imagine that though? Could you imagine like, okay, I, I get myself nice and comfortable, chubby, right? And then they like, okay, we're gonna break, go lose a ton of weight. Like you're, I would be so stressed out about the fact that I <laughs> would have to get in that kind of shape because he was lean. Did you read what he said about that? The no. worst part of that, he didn't get to eat any French fries. <laughs> <laughs> said I didn't get to eat any French fries for a year. So, <laughs> well, it was funny because when they filmed the beginning of it, they're thinking, "Oh, we just have to come back, and it's no big deal, right? We're just going to resume like we had before." And they did not realize how difficult it was going to be to come back and film in those conditions again. So it, they had to readjust completely. Well, but- to to your point, all of the video that they filmed on the island itself. Mm-hmm. All the audio had to be added in post because the wind, the the surf. the surf. They said the surf was so loud that everything they had, as far as sound, was unusable. Which somebody might have figured that out beforehand. You know, you know what I mean. And that's kind of. Why are you going to put a mic on him in his beard? Well, it, <laughs> I, maybe, but it, but still, you would have said, you know what I mean, because you could have. You could have hit it because they they did a lot of stuff that they had never done before. All of the night scenes mm-hmm. were filmed during the day. 
Oh, were they? Yes, they changed the lighting in post. So they had some technology to do some crazy right. stuff. Right. So, I mean, look, we've all been on a beach, and we all have no, we all know how loud it can be. So they would have had to have known. You would think coming back, right? It would have been easier. Going the first time would have been the part that sucked. But I. I mean, hey, losing 50 pounds when you're overweight is hard. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine losing 50 pounds when you're just kind of, you know, got a little bit of belly. Because even though he was chubby, he wasn't, like, porky. No, he wasn't porky. He was, he had, and I, th- I think some of that, too, was kind of. He had, like, of... cups. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of that, too, was like, okay, just stick out your gut a little bit more, right? So there's a little bit of a, you can fake fat better than you can fake lean right? maybe but you could see you know? on his face too even in oh, the yeah. beginning you could see on his face that he was yeah, yeah. but um, but to get down to that level of cut right because that that's all in the like the last four weeks training right that's no salt that's no you know that's to get you that that muscle yeah. de- definition that but still i mean that's a lot of pressure just, and, just and my out joke, of curiosity. My joke was going to be, before I didn't mean to cut you off, but just let me finish out here. So the joke was going to be, when we started the episode, is like, no, we didn't take the time off to lose the weight because... Well, that's... Look, actually, you should have you went with us. that one. I forgot. I blanked. That's because, right. No you know. problem. Um, let me ask you this. Okay. Would you be able to lose the 50 pounds in a year and get cut like that for $20 million. Okay, we'll I, move on. Because <laughs> uh, the answer is fuck and yes and please. If you give me the money up front, the higher the trainer and the personal cook and the, yeah, of course. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we yeah. all, as normal people, everybody's like, oh my God, look at what great shape Sylvester Stallone is in. Well, if the only thing I have to do every day is work out for four hours, I could look like him. <laughs> now, I understand that he's earned it. And I understand that he's there, but if you're going to, you know, The Rock works out incessantly, but I mean, he can because he doesn't have, to, uh, so it's, it's, it's impressive because you have to have that willpower. Right. Because it's easy enough, even when you have a chef, when nobody's looking to stick your hand in the bag of Doritos and just chow down. But I mean, when that's your job right? and there's a, let's see, let me get to the camera. There's a stack of hundreds. <laughs> That high, you know, you know what I mean. Hey, money's a great motivator in this world. So, I, I, I think that this was probably a, a, a huge undertaking mm. for this this company. I forgot to look up the budget. I will look it up at break because I got to look up something else. But, well, you there's a lot of things because I I uh, that you'd have to account for. Um, I know when I was watching um, a video about them making this film, they basically showed the flip side of what you're seeing on camera, right? Which is out into the water and past that point, there's boats everywhere, right? Because, yeah, they yeah. they actually CGI'd part of the island when they showed it from above, right? Because it is an obviously it's an actual island, yes. But the island is not it's not shaped like that at all they wanted it to look more menacing as to try and get away from so yeah right yeah so yeah that was cool they took some cgi um all right the conversation that we had i think a day or so after we we watched this was about helen hunt (laughs) okay i did not like her in this movie i don't and i think she's i mean 
there are other things I've, I've thought she was perfectly fine in. As good as it gets, she was great. She's a good actress. Mad, mad about you? Wonderful. Um, even that stupid What Women Want, she was probably the best part of that movie. Other times, I can barely stand her. And this was one. I just didn't Sounds feel... Sounds like you're jealous. No, it's... I'm jealous. Oh, jealous. Who's jealous? No, um, I don't know. I just felt like she didn't quite fit this role. That she didn't see a lot of her. I don't think it was her. Yeah. I think it was the character, and we'll go into that. I don't. Mm, I, I, okay, let's okay, go into I'm, that. I'm going because... to tell you why. Okay. All right. And and this is giving up. Let's, this let's is, see if you can. This is one of my questions that I had, but we're going to okay. we'll, we'll, we'll 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 delve into it now. Okay. Okay. So at the beginning of the movie, she was working on her. She was copying. She was literally copying at the machine her dissertation. Her thesis. Yes. Her thesis. So that means that she had nothing left to do to finish her doctorate. She had to defend it. She had all she had to do was defend it. Okay, she had written it because she was copying it and she had to defend it. Mm -hmm. And when he comes back, he says to her, whatever happened, she's like, well, that kind of all got put on hold. The f what the fuck? What? what? So you all that work was done and you put it on hold. Okay. She was, um, to me, the way she acted at the table when they were having Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. because they were like, oh, yeah, who's got the over-under, blah, blah, blah. Kind of like everything was kind of just kind of like a big... It's a joke. Yeah, yeah well, blah, yeah, blah, it's blah, a running blah, joke. You know I mean? Are they yeah. going to get married? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or and, is, are they going to have yeah. to go? And it's like, I don't want to get married, I don't get married. But when he hands her the package mm -hmm. before he leaves, and she knows what that package is, she's like, oh, oh, oh. No, I, I don't she, know if she wasn't that. She, she was she was stunned because she knew what it was and it's what she wanted. That it's, that's what they were going for. It is what she wanted, but I also think she. I sensed from her and uh, that yeah, this is what I wanted, and I'm I'm a little stunned, but I also th sensed hesitation, maybe a little bit. I don't think I don't think that they were going for hesitation at all. But uh, that's that's just me. That's well, you're also a man, so. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> well, let me go take the trash out then, no, I guess. No, no. I mean, I just think from a from my perspective, from a woman's point of view, she's she's about to do this. She was speechless when he handed it to her. I cuz she probably didn't think she was going to get it. Number 1. Um number 2 that there's other other more important things that she's trying to do too. Like but her I dissertation? Don't, like her like her defense, okay. her thesis defense. There's a lot of work that's involved in that. I understand. Um, I understand that. Okay. Let me, so let me finish. All right, and then you can let me finish. That's great. What do you mean? You you interrupted me. I know. <laughs> I know. That's how this works. It's a conversation. So he comes back, and he says, "What happened?" You know, she's like, "Well, you know, I had to move on from that, but my life totally stopped." But it's been four years. Mm -hmm. She's married with a two-year-old. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, but but ready at the drop of a hat. To leave her husband and her kid behind to drive away with him. She got in the Jeep to leave. She was going to fucking leave. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I I thought about this and I do not judge anything that that character did. I don't because judge anything that the character did, but that just shows me some character flaws. No, I don't think it's character flaws. Um all she right, was well then never mind. No, and let, and let me just let me just explain my point of view on this, okay? She was about to do the dissertation, right? 
But she had this light. You have to think about her side of it, right? Him, you knew he was alive. She thought he was dead. She had a whole grieving process to go through. Okay. And she was, so she ended up, yes, putting her dissertation on hold. And having gone through that kind of loss personally, myself, having lost a, a spouse, um, and having talked to other people who've had that kind of loss, grief hits you in different ways. So I'm not going to judge anybody's choices, whether they're a fictional character or they're a real person, after grief, because there's no linear path coming back from that, right? So, and then we don't know when she hooked up with Dr. What's-His-Face. Couldn't have been too long afterwards. Right, right. Um, And I also get the fact that here she is with someone that she thought was dead and someone that she had to... um, this is, I mean, that's what I found interesting about the post part, right? Because these are all the things that they had to grapple with as individuals after this whole thing of him coming back, right? Of course, she's still going to have feelings for him. But of course, she's also going to love her husband and kid. And also, she's going to have that fleeting moment where she wants to run away. And then she's going to have that moment of realization, realizing that she can't, right? So okay. I, I don't think that she's particularly flighty or, or, or this. It's just that's the way her life went afterwards. And let's go back to casting stuff away. Maybe she just thought there's more important things I have to do than being than this dissertation, right? I, I don't know, but maybe she went through this life change as well as he did, realizing that there were some other things that maybe that they wanted to do. I don't know. Hi, Kitty. Well, there's not this a college. There's not a college in the universe that she would have went back a year later and said, "Hey, remember when I was here doing this and my fiance died?" But maybe that wasn't where she was at that point. You know, I don't okay. think they set it up as this, you know, horrible, tragic decision that she made. But at the same time, it just it fell away. Well, she moved on pretty fucking quick to have gone through the type of grief and anguish that you say she went through, where she couldn't even function. She, she had to have been married to this guy within the year. And a lot of people thought that I probably moved on too quick when you and I got married. That's so, fine. So, you know. <laughs> but, all right, never, never No, mind. I'm, just, nope, I'm just I'm just saying that that's, you know, I, I, it's... And I'm saying she moved on quick. To tell him that her life completely stopped, he was gone four years. Mm-hmm. They said they called the search off after six months. Mm-hmm. So she was married to this guy with what was at least a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's three years. If they got married to the day after they called the search off, she was pregnant the next day with the kid. So to me, to me, I didn't like what they did with that. But that's me. Whatever. I, I, don't, I don't think she had a good character. I, I really don't think she had a good character. Yeah, she I could just... could have been played by a nobody. You didn't need Helen Hunt for that character. I, you know what? I, I, Mar- the problem I think I had with it is I don't... I didn't buy her accent. Not that I'm a... Uh, you know, uh, an expert on what somebody from Nashville or, or, or Memphis Memphis is sounds like, but I don't know. It just didn't. I don't know. She's just seemed out of place. 
Okay. I think. And that's that's what I, I had a hard time with. And every time I tried to hear her voice, all I could think of was Jodie Foster. She did sound a lot like Jodie yeah. Foster in it. I will give you that. She should have got her dissertation. I don't care who she is. <laughs> could have been the next day. I don't I'm know. I'm here I for just, my dissertation. I'm here. I just, I just think that that's what I found more interesting about it, right? Because there's, there's a lot of different things that you would have to grapple with. And I almost feel like he adjusted a little bit too well coming back. Um, like, here's the keys to a vehicle that you haven't driven in years. I probably wouldn't want to drive for about six months after coming home from an experience like that, but that's Are you kidding me. me? Anywhere I can go where there's air conditioning, I'm in. <laughs> See... This guy has yeah. my luck. This guy has my luck. You want to know why he has my luck? Because that son of a bitch crashed in an airplane on a desert island. He was wearing a fucking sweater. <laughs> That's my luck. <laughs> Couldn't have been wearing a bathing suit or had some suntan lotion. Nope. <laughs> Got me a wool sweater. Did you ever see, I guess they did a, a, a FedEx commercial? During the Super Bowl in 2003. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I got it here. Uh, FedEx commercial during the 2003 Super Bowl telecast featured the final scene of the film where Chuck returns a package to its sender. In this version, the woman answers the door. When Chuck asks what was in the box, the woman replies, just a satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifier, and some seeds. Just silly stuff. <laughs> you know that... Yeah, um, silly stuff. Uh, uh, apparently it didn't copy. Um... Uh, applications at FedEx went up thirty percent after this movie. Yeah, they and the brand recognition went up way too, high too, from what I heard. I don't know why. I mean, they're shitting it up in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> FedEx stocks doubles today as Castaway is the number one week move, movie of the weekend. Uh, okay. So we talk about the what's in the box. We don't know what's in the box. That's apparently what was in the box. But that's the only. He's got several boxes that he he holds off because he's such a dedicated FedEx man. He separates the packages. He that shows him knowing what he's doing. Yeah, it's like you said. Well, go ahead. Um, he doesn't open them until he's pretty darn sure that he's gonna need to try to find things that will help his survival. The angel wings. This artist um, uses this the angel wings as her logo. Um, on that box are what prevented him from opening it because of course again real on the nose symbol hope right and the that package is what he's going to hold on to because he needs to return it right that's the one he decides it is that's the one he needs to return uh i i don't know i i there were so many things that I kind of felt like were felt a little disjointed about it because I, I guess you had to give him something more than just coming home to Kelly, right? Um, because imagine that. Imagine like, okay, I'm getting back to this person. I'm getting back to that person. Time has stopped for you. It hasn't stopped for them. Well, it didn't stop for you either. <laughs> you just lost everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, but you still have to go on. 
Yeah. As much as you don't want to. I wasn't saying it didn't stop. I mean, it didn't mean to stop for you. I meant for him, it didn't stop for him on the island. Time no. continued to pass. Oh, it continued to pass, but it's just like the the things he remembers and the things he's getting back to have stopped for him, right? It doesn't occur to him that Kelly will have moved on. Well, you know, um, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it's like I, I need to survive because I need to get back to her. So they also give him that secondary. I need to return this I'm, package I'm, thing. I'm sure it occurs to him. It's just like watching a football game when the best player on the team gets leveled in the first quarter, and they're like, he might not be back. And you're like, no, no, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's he's coming back because you're holding on to hope. Because right. that's all you've got at that and point. And it's hope, yeah. That, that's all you have. And even on the airplane, nobody knows. He's holding on to hope because he's trying to get back to what he wants. The only thing he wanted on that island, Kelly. Mm-hmm. What did he say when he was on the raft, when the ship, which I didn't even realize he'd said that until you mentioned it. I was trying to figure out what he said, was Kelly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Kelly, 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 uh, Kelly, what, Kelly, Kelly, If you'd have known, if he'd have known when he was coming back, mm-hmm. when he was on that airplane, if they'd have told him, Kelly's married. Do you think he would have gotten off the plane and, and bothered right. to try and see her? Probably not. And surprises me that nobody had said anything, but, you know. Well, here's the thing, okay? And and I, and I guess we're kind of blowing I have questions out of the water this week. Because yeah, I not? think they're coming into it. Because my only question was, he's on the raft, doesn't have a hell of a lot of fresh water to drink uh, by the time they, they catch him. He's sunburned. He's got... His eyes are you know, gross and crusty and he's, you know, clinging to life. So there has to have been more time passed between the phone ringing in Kelly's kitchen telling him he's alive or telling her he's alive to him coming back because he would, ha- would have had to recover. His skin looked good on the plane. He, you know, he was healthy. He was walking fine and stuff like that. You, you're, you're not, that's not something you recover from in a week, right? You're going to be in the hospital a little bit after having been exposed like that, or you're going to ha- look like crap. Okay, I'll allow it. Right? So she's had time to adjust this is my only this is my only that i think probably the only time i might question kelly's motives here she would have had time to kind of figure out what does this mean to me what does this mean to me and my family what is this going to mean to him right and there would have been a better choice than just sending your husband in so i think she had every intention of going in and seeing him she just chickened out oh she did yeah Yeah. no Um, i'm not questioning that at all right but that that was my only like I have questions question is like there was there had to be a significant amount of time for him to recover in between and fly back. So I mean, well let's be honest, he was fairly healthy. He yeah. was probably dehydrated. Mm-hmm. But you can get rid of dehydration in about 24 hours with IVs. He probably was sunburned to a good degree, but you know, you get some professional professional uh, strength doctor approved aloe vera <laughs> i mean it's, it's he's not going to look perfect it's probably going to be a couple weeks but it's not going to be forever no but i think you have to get him back but so yeah but still i'm like that's what i was thinking how much time that was my question two how weeks much time two weeks all right i think two weeks you think two weeks yeah. i think maybe a little bit longer than that nah, i think a month not with today's technology uh, you can give him a couple kick hats and he's on his way if anybody knows 
let us know. Drop us a line. Um, but I that would have helped him if he'd had a line to fish with while he was out there. That well, helped. that was in the box too. <laughs> she said a fishing pole, right? Yeah. <laughs> the box you didn't open. I have a question. Okay. One of the notes on IMDb mm-hmm. says. American Humane Society, American Humane Association monitored the animal action. No animals were harmed. Scenes appearing to place animals in jeopardy were simulated. What scenes? There were no animals in this except crabs the, and fish. The, the, yeah. Are they talking about the crab? Because the crab got speared pretty good. Because if the American Humane Association is monitoring whether or not we spear a crab, they might want to go to Red Lobster <laughs> or Publix. Or anywhere, I don't. I, I don't remember any animals in this movie at all. No, I don't either. Okay, just checking, except for the whale that seemed to be his guardian angel. <laughs> yeah, that whale. Um, I there's a lot of theories about whether that that whale was real. That whale, <laughs> because it didn't disappear like a whale would. It was too clean of a, a descent. Um, without it being so, they were saying that it maybe it's a hallucination. I know was reading some one of an article because whales have to make giant splashes every time. No, like it's a Liberty no, Mutual it's commercial. just it's just when it submerged, you must displace a lot of water when submerged. That it didn't, it didn't react like water would react if a whale submerged. Right. I got a hundred dollars that said whoever said that online is not a marine biologist. <laughs> <sighs> oh, I can't have a conversation with you, man. Sure, you can. <laughs> what does this say? My notes are so bad. Um, am I a doctor? Because I write like one. <laughs> I like I write like I you know can't hold the pen straight. Why, um, why oh, don't we take a break? Okay. Um, when we get back, um. Let's talk a little bit, and this will give me some time to to pull up the information that I couldn't find before we started recording, but I know it's out there. You had asked me about whether or not you thought he was worth, uh, his performance was deserving. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me just get to the point where I want to talk. What do we want to talk over the break? Because I'm going someplace completely different with this. Okay. okay? Um, You asked me, do you think he he deserved an Oscar nomination for this? And my question was like, "Eh, I don't know. I think the screenwriter deserved something for this, though. And we'll talk about why after the break. Let's see it. Mayday. Mayday. Can anyone hear me? We found something. We found something in the ice. Would you stop screwing around? This makeshift transmitter has a pretty weak signal. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. Okay, hi. I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And we are the heads of programming of the Dead City Drive-In. And unfortunately, if you're hearing this, then we're already dead. Okay, now you're just being melodramatic. Look, if you're hearing this, then it's probably because we're interrupting your podcast. Sorry about that. Okay, but we wouldn't do that without a good reason. Those delightful singing voices you're hearing belong to a ravenous horde of mutants and madmen right outside our projection room door. You see, we've been tasked by our bosses, the drive-in gods, to program specially themed double bills for the increasingly restless dead city denizens. And when we say specially themed, what we mean is killer robots, satanic terror, Uh, yeah, hideous freaks, creepy crawlies, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. You see, there is no bottom to the depths of psychotronic cinema. Any old chud could pick a random double bill. Yeah, but do you really want to watch Chopping Mall back-to-back with Ghost Dad? Or a double whammy of Rock and Roll Nightmare and Bicentennial Man? Oh, yeah, I 
Oh, shut up, zombie Robin Williams, you fucking liar. At Dead City Drive-In, we choose a theme. Then we and our special guest each pick what we think is the best representation of that theme. But there's only room for two movies, so we're talking genre flick deathmatch here. Three movies enter the ring, but only two can make it on the slime-splattered screen of the Dead City Drive-In. Put it this way, it's dirty work, but somebody's gotta do it. <laughs> Chris, that's the lyrics of that song from Police Academy 2. Damn it, we're about to lose the transmission. Dead City Drive-In is available everywhere your favorite podcasts lurk. The doors are open and admission is free. It's a show filled to the brim with monsters, mayhem, blood, guts, and... Uh, dispatch. <laughs> Some more paramedics. <laughs> Remember, if the car's a-rockin', it doesn't mean somebody's fucking. They're probably getting murdered. And here at the... Under 17, not admitted without parent. Okay. The screenwriter deserved an uh, Oscar nomination. I don't know if he deserved an Oscar nomination, but he deserved some kind of reward because you talk about uh, the actors that are go through method acting, right? Okay. Ah, uh, let's see. Um, first of all, when you talk about the Wilson, the volleyball character, right? Okay. Um, the writer, whose name is William Broyles Jr. Um, he came up with the Wilson volleyball idea because um, when he was researching for the film, he consulted with professional survival experts and then he forced himself to search for food, water, and obtain his own shelter on an isolated beach in the Gulf of California. Okay. All right. So he had kind of put himself in the conditions to, to create um, he said, during that time, a volleyball washed up on shore, and that provided the inspirations for the for Wilson. But anyway, so to do, to kind of go through that kind of exercise, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I'm sure writers do that kind of stuff a lot as far as when they do their research. But well, if you're going to write something like, you got to kind of know it, right? Right. I mean, I can't. I wouldn't be able to write a book about quantum physics mm -hmm. or a movie about quantum physics. Right. I mean, that would be any good anyway. The thing that impressed me... I could write like a Monty Python movie about quantum physics. Quantum physics, yeah. yeah. Quantum physics it'd be gone quant wrong. It'd be, it'd be quantum physicosity. <laughs> the main character would be the Black Knight, but he'd have like a little rascal. And he'd have like a winter soldier arm and legs <laughs> that he could run with. It, it, it'd be pretty sweet. He'd, he'd live just outside of Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. You're welcome. Um, okay, so that that was my thought. But what I think what surprised me, and I wouldn't have thought of it, is the fact that when you show when they show him four years later, and he's all you know, native Tarzan looking kind of right cut, wearing those little tattered shorts and all that. His uh, spear that he's fishing with. Was three pronged? Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah, it was three prongs, and he you know, must have taken the skate and sharpened them down so they're really point so they could pierce. But I think my thought is like, okay, first you got to get accurate in throwing. You have to figure out how to throw well. You have to throw hard enough that you're, you know, you're making impact. Especially if he's got a, a crab on a, you know, let's 
I don't know if those were soft shell crabs or regular hard shell crabs or whatever, but that in and of itself, how long does that take to figure out and, and put, you know, it's like stuff that I wouldn't even think of. Well, I think I personally think that the throwing Mm -hmm. the spear and catching the fish was a little bit exaggerated. You think? I I think, I think it was. Uh, That's, that's like Olympic level. Plus, well, you'd have to do it enough that you'd have to understand the refraction of the light because that fish isn't actually where you see him. That fish is like two inches to the right, or or something. That's I a call 70s, it ocean. Yeah, that's a seventy. Two inches to the right. That's a seventy show. That seventy shows uh, <laughs> reference. But it is. You, I mean, you'd learn eventually. Mm. What, but that's also why you have the three prongs, right? Because you got more area. But it's not uncommon at all to stand on a rock for many cultures yeah. and boom, yeah, and and poach them. So, um. Learning, learning how to get water and stuff like that. I mean, there's lots of ways and lots of tricks, and you see him do it pretty quick. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, mm-hmm. I could throw myself into something like that, right? For that kind of money, right? It wouldn't be that hard. I mean, hell, I did it for you know two hundred sixty dollars no, no, a week. Just, so. I'm not talking <laughs> about him as an actor. It's just like no, I was talking I, about the writer. Oh, the writer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I would think so. Um, but I think that that was just interesting. That and and he there's a I have to find the video where he's he's being interviewed about it because he was like, okay, I've learned how you know had to learn how to open the uh, a, a coconut right. He had to learn how to catch a fish, and then after he ate the fish, he's like, okay, I got to learn how to make fire because this isn't gonna work. <laughs> Well, even though even though I've said there's certain things in this movie that like okay the plane crash and this and that yeah I don't have any issues with him living on the island right none of that to me was ridiculous with the one exception right and that's the skate the skate skates are soft metal yeah you'd have to sharpen them and they're not sharp when you get them right okay even professional hockey players against ice mm-hmm. have to have their skates replaced resharpened on a regular basis. After four years, thunk on a coconut. Well, there's a lot of rocks around. You could probably sharpen it. The right? rocks are more ble- It's more bleeding. Yeah. No, no, no. But there's, but it's soft metal. Okay. Even though it's hard metal, it's soft metal. It's not like a sword, like an iron sword. Right. It's it's designed to be sharpened and eventually tossed away. So over four years doing that constantly, I feel like it would have. It would have, yeah. It would have not held up. But again, we'll sustain disbelief because. You know what I mean? I did think it was funny that there was the scene where he was looking for the rope, where mm-hmm. they were making the rope, and he tells Wilson, there's no more rope on the island. There's no more rope on the island. And he was yeah. standing right in front of a tree, right in front of a plant. There's no more plants. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, they had to establish the fact that there was a noose on the island. So no, I, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I get it. You know that that scene was actually in the original theatrical release? And the first version of the VHS oh, tape, he, him him putting the rope around the the dummy and throwing it. Mm-hmm. It was edited later, I guess. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's too morbid. I don't know. I mean, you already got a guy living on an island for four years by himself. I don't think you're too morbid. Too morbid. Now, the hardest scene for me was the abscess scene where he's getting rid of the tooth. That was a rough. I'm gonna tell you what. <laughs> that takes some balls, doesn't it? Without drugs, oh, of course. Mm. <laughs> What's to say that that tooth doesn't just shatter? Oh, who's to, you know you don't you don't even know if it's going to knock it out. I mean yeah. I, that was that was a rough okay. scene. 
there are two things. I mean, the, the tooth, yes, because the tooth could gone really, really bad. When he tries to escape the first time when he knows that there is a boat out there and he can't, um, and he, he tries to repair the raft and stuff like that when he falls into the coral. That, that was the other thing. Well, too, you, what if you didn't get a piece of the coral out? Right. I mean, there's so many things that he ended up with like the best case scenario of something that could have gone really, really bad. Yeah. But. Okay. Um. I. Uh, what's in the box? Okay. Okay. We have to assume. Okay. The first box that they opened the movie on, we follow that box from Texas, right, all the way to Russia, mm-hmm. to her husband. Who shacked up with the chick? So, do we know for sure that that was her husband? Yes. Okay, because yes, I couldn't, I couldn't do. quite catch what he said, and I tried to look for it to see if he said that that was from his wife. Yeah, she, I mean, he was, he had a cowboy hat on. He spoke with a southern drawl. He did. Oh yeah, you didn't catch it. We'll go no, back. We'll I go back was, and watch it. I yeah. thought he was Russian. He, sound, he sounded like he was Texas, a Texan, really? or from the south. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and the second one that he opens up on the island. Mm-hmm. Is divorce papers or some sort of legal document? Okay, all three of the boxes were the same shape, mm-hmm. same size, with the same logo on it. We have to assume at this point, maybe it was she sent them in duplicate, maybe it was an addendum. I don't know, but we're, we're all we're, right. I would. I, I don't know if that was really from her. I think you actually saw the names on the thing, so it'd be good to go back and see. Um, okay. whose names were on the divorce paper because you could kind of tell because the ranch had his name and her name, right? His The first names. At the beginning. At the beginning, right. Well, yeah. Yeah, when, you went, yeah, when, he, came, when he went back four years later, his name was his gone. His name was gone, yeah. right. Um, but I think you'd have to do that. I That was really more symbolism um, of the fact that he and Kelly are not going to be anymore. Yes. Because, you know. But so. the biggest reason is the biggest thing about those packages, mm-hmm. and this is a little bit of a writing flaw, Okay, is not about what's in the box. It's about the wings giving him the, the idea mm-hmm. to use wings. Now, I did not know this, and I've seen this movie probably five or six times. Mm-hmm. There are scenes when they're together in the house where the camera pans down. Mm-hmm. He has some sailing certificates. So he has a sailing oh, background. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, good good catch. Well, yeah. I didn't I didn't catch that. I found it in the research. But okay. so he would know about cuz he has the con- when he's having the discussion with Wilson in the cave about we have to go now cuz the winds the way they're coming and right. blah blah blah. Um he would understand getting past the break. Mm-hmm. Um certainly after, you know, it kicked his ass the first time. So I think that they covered a lot of the things where people might say a plot hole or whatnot. Oh, yeah. I think they covered them well, but I, I was never <laughs> concerned with what was in the box, to be honest with you, because having, no, no. having seen it, I knew that the wings were what was important. I was kind of hoping that, you know, you, you would figure it out and stuff like that, but I, I, it's it's fine that they left that kind of nebulous. How great would it have um, been if he had opened it up and it had been like a Game Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the best, the best one was the VHS tapes. Oh yeah, that was the, the best part. You're gonna do with VHS tapes on a son of a bitch. I got me a fucking sweater and gone with the wind. <laughs> um, the thing that impressed me the most that I, I guess you, like I said earlier, you know, you watch these things and you kind of put your, you know, like, 
It's one of the reasons I think people, some people like horror movies so much is it puts you into kind of survival mode. Like, how would I survive this situation? Um, but with him actually charting, and this is probably his sailing or whatever, it's like charting the light that was coming through at diff- different times during the year. So he knew what day it was. So he actually had a calendar, you know. He wouldn't um, have been able to do that. Probably not, but that I wouldn't have been able to do it, period. No, Whether no. or not it was feasible or not. <laughs> that that chart, to make that and it be accurate, yeah. it has to. you have to mark the path at the exact time every day. Mm-hmm. And he, he wouldn't have been able to do that. I'm not saying it wasn't good, but I mean, there's no way he's going to be 431. All right, boom, right there. Otherwise, it's it, you get because because the light's going to change. Mm-hmm. So, but still, yeah, to know he obviously knew something about what was going on, right? Right. Yeah, I would have not done that. And he knew math, and he knew how to figure it all out. I would have been like, I would still be on the island. Yeah, you'd have lost. You'd have had to have been able to yeah. mark it. Um, the comment you made about because you were, I was about to tell you to be quiet on the sofa. <laughs> Get the raft, get the raft, get the raft, get the, get the, raft, get the raft. raft. Listen, the raft's going to float. and ain't right. going no fucking where. In that situation right there, he's not worried about the raft because he's still trying to process what the fuck just happened. Yeah. Number one. You're right. The, the shock, he's not, that raft is secondary. You're like, oh, well, we see this and we see that and we can do that. He's He's literally like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's uh, he's not concerned about that raft yeah. at all. That comes he's a in shock. Of, yeah. yeah, so I would forgive him that, but I was like, God damn it, cut the raft. It's like when people leave a door open in a movie, like they walk into their apartment and you never see them close the door. Annoys me no end. Yes, it does. Yeah. I, I know this firsthand, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, all right. Do you think he deserved a Best Actor nomination for this? Mm. Who else was he up against? Did you give a chance to look? I did. That's what I looked up at the break. I was going to do it and I forgot. So three of the movies that were nominated for Best Actor, I'd never even heard of. Javide, this is two, This is the 2001, because it came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. This is 2001 Best Actor. Javier Bardem for Before Night Falls. Okay. Never heard of it. Ed Harris for Pollock. Did he win? He's the one that he won, right? Was I think, that? No, I don't think so. Jeffrey Rush for Quills. Quills? The next person is a person who won, and that was Cam, uh, Russell Crowe for Gladiator. Oh, I think Russell Crowe won for Gladiator. That and name. Then, oh. And then Tom Hanks for Castaway. So uh, if you want to look it up, I'm pretty sure Russell Crowe won, because I don't think that Rush Harris or Bardem, uh, any of them have a best actor win. But I scrolled through the movies that year, just on box office, and that's not really probably the best place to go because lots of times, best actor nominations and best picture nominations. Yeah, he won. Who? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah, doesn't have anything Should to do. Should have been called Big Kitty. <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with the box office. So lots of times, pet peeve of mine: the most popular movies don't get very many Oscars or what nominations. It's a story for mm-hmm. it's a discussion for another day. I, so I didn't see anybody that I'm looking at going, "Oh wow, yeah, he was better than Tom Hanks." Um, I think Tom Hanks got nominated because it was Tom Hanks. Because I think... It's like a Meryl Streep gets yeah, nominated because she's I, Meryl Streep. I think, and I meant to double check this, this came out a year after Private Ryan. Okay. I think. This was, Castaway was the last time Tom Hanks had was nominated for Best Actor category or for Oscar category before 
2019 when he was nominated for uh, Be My Neighbor. Oh, okay. So he, yeah. he had a lot of movies, but he hasn't had any critical acclaim, whereas he had the five or six years there where he was nominated for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump and uh, Private Ryan and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think he should have won for this. I do think he should have won for Private Ryan. I think that's the worst decision in the history of the Academy, but uh, another day. I think that it was, like I said... This movie got made and put out there right. because Tom Hanks was in it. And, mm-hmm. and, and and you know what? It was a big movie, as you will see when we get yeah. to the box office. But well, I just think that I, I don't... He was good in it. I mean, he was Tom Hanks in it. And the monologue that he gives at the end, mm-hmm. to know that that was filmed right. in one take, in continuous take, yeah. and they walked the camera around him. Oh, well, nice. I didn't know yeah, that. They, they, yeah, they, they walked the camera around him as they did it. So he sat solitary. It was a three-minute and 48-second monologue that he crushes. Yeah. that's. I mean, that just shows his chops. Yeah. Okay, so as far as awards and nominations, um, and I, but I want to go back to that his post-life after the island, too, some of the, mm-hmm. some of the things that, that kind of, I don't know, ir- not irked me, but felt a little too little too neatly wrapped up okay um okay so uh, academy awards he was nominated best actor um it also got a nomination for best sound well it should um, since they had to do everything post <laughs> the bafta awards uh tom hanks nominated uh best actor this is my favorite my absolute favorite n- nomination and win for Castaway, the 2001 Critics' Choice Awards, Best Movie Inanimate Object, and it oh. went to Wilson. Yeah, they created that yeah. for that movie, I'm sure, <laughs> to be funny. That's solid. Um, he, uh, t- Hanks won a Golden Globe, which is usually the precursor sometimes yeah, for the usually Oscar. Usually the best actor at yeah. the Golden Globe does not win the Oscar, so yeah. it's like having the President's Trophy in mm-hmm. hockey. So MTV Music or Movie Awards, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, who cares? Uh, Best sequence in a movie, um, action sequence in the movie, best kiss in a movie. This is all nominations. These are not wins. Uh, Best on-screen duo, which duo, which was Tom Hanks and Wilson. Okay. Uh, Best performance in a movie, Tom Hanks are all nominations, and then a fight broke out. No. Um, Screen Actors Guild uh, nomination for Tom Hanks, and then it won a Grammy for Best Instrumental Composition for the Castaway End Credits. That's interesting. You should bring that up. Oh, okay. Alan Silvestri, who is mm-hmm. no slouch, wrote 24 minutes of score. And I will be honest with you. After I read this, I realized it, including over seven minutes for the final credits, which won the award, for a 143-minute film. So do that math right there. 24 minutes for a 143-minute film. Aside from the Russian chorus and the two Elvis Presley songs played in the movie before the crash, there is not one single note of written musical score in the film until Nolan leaves the island. An hour and 43 minutes into the movie. Only then does the musical score come in. An oboe, piano, and strings are all that Sylvester uses. Mm-hmm. Every musical cue is a variation on the same melody, which is heard in full at the end. Now, they s- establish it because we start the movie in 
that uh, with the FedEx um, truck going to the crossroads to the house of the artist, and she's in her studio, and she's listening to Elvis. Mm-hmm. Hanks is listening to Elvis at some point too, right? He's an Elvis. Got Elvis. He's listening CDs. to. He's listening to Return to Sender. When he's bringing the package back to her but at the end. But there's some other Elvis that's yeah, sprinkled in. Two so Elvis songs. There's two Elvis songs, two Elvis Presley songs before the crash. Okay. Aside from the Russian chorus and the two Elvis Presley songs before the crash. Where the second one is, are they playing Elvis when they're sorting the stuff on the street in Russia? They may be, yes. But I, I wanted to know if it was like... You know what I mean? If they were associating Elvis with him, because that would have like, because the question is, is like, does he turn around and go down the street? And, you know, is, is there, is that what's in his future? Right. Because they have him turn in that direction. He's standing out in the middle of the crossroads and then they ends with him turning in the direction that she drove down. I think that's 100% where you they're think, headed with it. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Okay. I, you don't, you don't make that comp. They asked him. Oh crap! Oh no! The second time that he was on act into in the actor studio with James Lipton, yep. they asked him what he thought. He says, "I think he went and such and such. Uh, what does he say? I think he went and talked to her, and they had lots of babies." So, <laughs> I mean, that's come on. That's that's where they're leading it. If they're not, if if that's not what they intend, well, then fuck you. Your movie sucks. Right. Well, that's what I was kind of going to ask you. Do you think it's just the future's wide open, or that's the that's the direction he goes? I think that's yeah. the direction he goes. Okay. So we're talking about uh, a little bit before when we were having the conversation about Helen Hunt and and you know some of the choices she made post crash. Him coming back, it almost seems like, I, I know he was having, obviously he was upset and obviously he had this whole thing, but again, it's all un, it felt underplayed for a movie, right? Um, it's probably the exact amount of something, but you would think that there would be some anger. You think that, you know what I mean? It's almost like he jumps into this full acceptance mode, like I I didn't feel like the buildup from him being on the island. It's a pretty significant thing, so it probably should change your life view. But I almost felt like there was no... I don't know. I just like, wouldn't, when you got back, wouldn't it be just so overwhelming, I think, you think, for you to, to then just accepting it? or? But that's that's why the monologue is so powerful. Yeah. Because he tells him, when I was on the island, I'd lost everything. Yeah. I lost it. I lost it all. So he's already accepted the fact that he's lost everything to right. the fact that he tries to he plans on killing himself. Right. To that fact. He gets rescued. He comes back. He loses it again. And he's lost it. It's really not that hard to lose it the second time. You know what I mean? You, right. you you've had 4 years to deal with the fact that you won't see her. You had a couple of days of oh my god, oh my god, and then it was rug was pulled off from underneath you again. I think mm. I think at that point, I I do think that that's why that meeting with her in the house Mm -hmm. was, I do think it was fairly important. Right. Because they they have an entire conversation, and not once is it, why didn't you wait on me? Or it's literally what happened. In fact, one of the things they talk about is a, a Super Bowl. Right. That actually a lot of people make fun of because they, they they say they got the dialogue wrong and we'll get into that in a second because it is but football related. But she had all the the stuff that they were tracking where he could possibly be and I think, all that. I think she had gotten that back out. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't a matter of why weren't you waiting on me? It showed that she was. Yeah. Right? Um, I think the other thing, too, um, was his name Stan, the friend, the friend that had the wife that died. I can't remember. Had, but I the know wife had about, yeah. cancer before he left yeah. and then she died and he just kind of talks it over. I just kind of feel like in the beginning they showed that I, I wouldn't say that, that Chuck as a character was self-absorbed, but he was definitely distracted, right? Cause other people were asking this Stan. Yeah. That was the friend. Um, asking about his wife, right? And asking him how things were going. And he just, it just dawns on him. And it was the thing too about the, the pilot. When the pilot washes ashore and he gives him a burial and he f- finally looks at his wallet and realizes he's been calling him the wrong name, right? So that just kind of showed his disconnectedness to this whole thing. Well, I don't feel like Stan got enough of a, Geez, dude, I totally fucking ignored you. No, I think <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think they did. Really? Uh, when when he says, "Okay," you know, as I might someone have to watch it as again. someone who has too many things going on in their life, for those of you watching, my hands raised in the air at times. That you you neglect the things that you know you can neglect because that person will be there to take you back. Okay, so he's good friends with Stan. All right, right. he's got forty seven things going on. I think the biggest indicator of the type of person that Chuck was was when he accepted the call at the table mm-hmm. and looked at her and said, God, not again, but had to because he knew that was his job. And they were sitting in the room going in the, over their planners about when, what they could move and when they could move. This right. was not the first time that they have had to completely rearrange their schedules. It was obvious because no. they were breezing right through it, right? right. So... And in Kelly's he, defense, maybe she wanted to get rid of all that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe. Uh, but anyway. So when he's talking to Stan, when he was talking to Stan about that information, he had so much shit going on, he said, when I get back, I'm going to get that number. Right. Okay? So I'm going to write it down on my calendar because I don't have time to deal with it right now, but it's not like I can do much about it right now anyway, and then right. he never makes it back. When he sat on that plane and he looked at him, he says, so you lost me. And then you oh, lost that's her. Right. You're right. And I am so sorry that I was not here to help you with that. That's pretty fucking powerful. It I was is. on a desert island mm-hmm. fighting for my life, but I feel like a shit because I wasn't here to help you with that. That's yeah. That kind of spoke to what type of person he was. I got a sense when they were, you know, cause I, I I got a sense that when the female flight crew member had this conversation with Stan about his wife and asking the questions and stuff like that. When he was doing the, Oh, well I have the number of this, 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 it was his way of trying to assuage the guilt that he felt because it was still like, I'm going to call somebody. That's what I can do. I have right? a tool at my disposal but, to give you. But that, see, I didn't get that from it. I don't think it was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I think that was, what he felt he could do without having to put emotional connection into it. Right. Because he was, I I don't know that I see what you're saying. I don't know that we're looking, they were looking to get rid of the emotional connection, but this was a guy, like we said that at the beginning of the movie was all about using all the tools at his disposal to get things done. Right. And this number that he had was a tool at his disposal. He can't do anything about it. 
he can't take her, but he can say, hey, look, I know this guy who knows a guy. Right. But, okay, I... I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm kind of get frustrated because I. I feel like I'm not putting it across. I feel like maybe it is a character flaw of Chuck that maybe what Stan needed was just somebody to talk to about it versus somebody trying to solve it. Okay. Right. And I feel like it was just a quick way for him to tick off the box, befriend to Stan. It might be. Right. Then just saying and sitting down and saying, let me buy you a cup of coffee. How are you doing? Right. That's True. that's what I felt. Probably. Does, okay. I'm but glad it, I got that across. But okay. it probably, again, <laughs> maybe not something that he didn't want to do. Maybe he's something he, maybe he, I don't, I, I can't remember exactly when they were talking about that because Stan's obviously not on the plane with mm-hmm. him. So do, is it is it coming back from Russia? Yeah, they were coming it's back. It's coming back from Russia. Yeah. And he's trying to get back to Kelly because Christmas dinner or right. stuff like Okay. So... Maybe he, yeah, he probably wanted to. He just didn't have the time or couldn't. But right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think there's a difference um, between. I don't want to say platitude, but I, I, it's the only word that's jumping to my mind. When someone's going through a hard time or someone's going through grief and stuff like that, people always say the same things. Let me know what you need, right? Yeah. Um, or they try to do what they feel is the obligatory thing to address that person who's suffering versus doing one of two things. Um, Sitting down and saying, tell me what it is that you really need, and I'll do my best. Or just just be a listener. Be a listener, right. I think when I when I lost my first husband, it was a matter of a lot of people were saying, "If you need something, just let me know," right? And that need something period doesn't just extend a few weeks past the funeral. It could be three months down the line. And I I remember calling people that said, "Just let me know what you need," and they weren't able to do that. So I always say, you know, sometimes when you're talking to someone, maybe it's I, I don't know what to do for you, um, but if you need this, I can do that for you. Or gotcha. if you ever need a home-cooked meal, let me, you know what I mean? Like right. define it for that person because if you leave it open-ended... You need a million dollars. <laughs> you could let that person down or, or cause more hurt or something like that. So I think there's just two ways of looking at being there and being a friend. But Got you. Okay. So I went down another path. Sorry about that. That's all right. So they, they had the conversation in the building uh, in the in the room about the about the Super Bowl, and he says we've got a football team. Well, the Titans, yeah. Yep. And everybody says that that's wrong because the Titans play in Nashville. Okay. Okay. However, however, the first two years that they were in Tennessee, they did not have their own stadium. They did not play at the Tennessee. Titans because it were the, uh, the Tennessee Volunteers because it was too big. It holds mm-hmm. 104,000 people. And there was another stadium, I can't remember which one it was, that was a little smaller. It only had 41,000 seats, but it didn't have a liquor license. They couldn't serve liquor there. Mm-hmm. So they played at the Liberty Bowl, which is dead smack in the middle of Memphis. Okay. I've actually been to the Liberty Bowl. Uh, it's where University of Memphis plays their football games. So when they say that the it was the Nashville, now where they did get it wrong was when she said, "Yeah, we 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 lost only by one yard. Uh, if they had scored the touchdown, they would have had to kick the extra point and it would have been tied." 
it would have been 23 to 23. So they didn't actually say, yeah. So there was a little bit of, had to, had to clear that up there, being the huge NFL nerd that I am. Yeah. I did, I did find one actor in a movie that was released that year that probably should have been nominated instead of Tom Hanks. And it was Paul Hogan for Crocodile Dundee in LA. Oh, jeez. Probably should have nominated him for that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the only other note I have is about the other product placement, the Wilson Volleyball. Um. <laughs> There's a lot of screw-ups with the volleyball in the movie. A lot I'm of screw-ups. sure. Box, boxes were different. It was the but there was one several boxes that were the official volleyball of, and it wasn't. It was actually how many Wilsons you thought think they lost or destroyed during this whole thing. I found research that there was three Wilson balls that were used. Okay, uh, one of them actually sold at auction um, for eighteen thousand four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Five hundred is what I have in my notes. Okay, um, it went to the ex CEO of FedEx office, Ken May. Nice, nice. All right, so let's see. Um, sold at auction. Um, after the film's release, Wilson launched its own line of joint promotional centered balls that were um, featuring the Wilson face uh, with handprint on the side and sold oh, for that's limited pretty, sun. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So do we have any questions left from I Have Questions? I do. Okay. Um, there was nobody that worked for FedEx anywhere else in the world that was able to go somewhere and figure out <laughs> distribution problems. And let's be honest, are your distribution problems that bad? Mm-hmm. It's FedEx. It was 2000. You know what I mean? Well, I can understand <sighs> Russia because, you know, you've got in a post, you know... <clears throat> whatever uh world where they're trying to establish <laughs> so i think these were when they were trying to establish greater presence in areas where it w- might be a little you know just him he's the only one you know what i mean that to me he's the eh. guy you call i guess he's ghostbusters um my question was this um obviously you know he he when he finally learned how to create the fire and he had a signal fire um, maybe it was just because it was just too treacherous to do it. Why wouldn't you try to set up a fire pit or something on higher ground to do your signal fire? Well, I don't think that he set that up as a signal fire. I think that, that was just straight up celebration and jubilation in that scene where you're talking oh, about where he says, I, I created fire! But I think he said signal fire. Yeah. In, in the... In the in the floor, but like, maybe. so why wouldn't you try to get it to that higher ground? That I mean, maybe the wind, maybe the I don't know, but that was my my, own, my only other thought. Maybe I yeah. mean, okay, I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, the higher the fire, the the better chance of somebody seeing it, right? But I don't know. I it wouldn't be that hard to move it because you just have to get some embers and. Mm-hmm. carry them somehow I don't know just in your hands or something just keep blowing on them I guess right <laughs> once the skin once the skin's burnt off it doesn't hurt anymore <laughs> <laughs> um anything else huh? I don't think so like I said I mean to me the the greater exploration was was post uh, the survival stuff was fine it's just like I think a lot of the emotional work you didn't see as much 
as him trying to just be in survival mode. There's a lot of emotional stuff that could have happened afterwards. Yes. Yeah. It would have been a three hour movie though. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of goofs in this movie. Mm-hmm. If you want to read them, go on IMDb. Um, some of them are pretty funny. Some of them are like, wow, how do you miss that? Some of them are like, really? That's what you're worried about? Um, the budget for this movie, what do you think the budget was? I never would have guessed the budget was this high. I'm going to say $50 million. $90 million. Ooh, I'm off 90 million. Did not win the showcase showdown. Dollars. Well, you were close. You didn't go over, so at least you yeah. had a shot. It made two hundred and thirty-three million domestically. It made, uh, I think, it made four hundred million something, four hundred twenty-nine million worldwide. Um, it was actually in theaters for fifty-three weeks, three hundred seventy-five days. It was released on December twenty-second of two thousand, and it made a hundred and something thousand dollars, which made it number nineteen in in two thousand. Number one was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. But in 2001, it was number 16 because it made another 130-something thousand throughout the whole year. So Hmm. if you put it together, either year, 2000, it would have been number two. And in 2001, it would have been number four, box office-wise. So it was a very successful movie. I thought you were going to say if you put it together end to end, how many Wilson volleyballs you'd be able to buy. To the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been to the moon. Um, I mean, that's that's success. I mean, when you make when you make half a billion dollars and you get Oscar nominations out of it, that's pretty solid. So All right. All right. Cool. I think you have a question for me, actually too. Uh, what were your three favorite moments? Um Oh, that one. We didn't even go over there yet. Um I'll go first. Yeah, go first. I I'm gonna have to think about this while I go. I think my number three is when he told her you have to go back inside at the end when in the rain because mm-hmm. that showed to me the character of his of his mm-hmm. person. And even though he had flaws, I think inherently he was a good person. And they could have just hopped in the plane, the, the car, and it could have been happy and destroyed two people's lives. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I, I I liked that. I think my the second favorite scene. Not because it, I liked it so much, but because of the conveyance of just tragedy and sadness that you felt was the scene where he was laying there at night and he would turn the flashlight on and look at her picture and then turn it off. Oh, the the fatal attraction moment, as I called it. So I, that's sad, though. I mean, that's I mean, yeah. that I can only. And I think number one is the monologue. The monologue. It was just. I mean, there's no way that's not the reason he didn't get nominated for best actor, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I know that he went through a lot physically and everything like that, but you know what? So did Schwarzenegger and so did uh, Stallone and all their movies that they did. Yeah. That that to to nail something like that and with a single take and have the look on his face and things that he said with the emotion, that's why Tom Hanks is the best actor of our generation. Okay. Okay. Um, the look on his face when he tried to eat the crab without cooking it was pretty fucking good too. <laughs> that just reminded me of Big. Oh. No, it, no, it was, it was, it was when he poured it and he was looking at oh, it. Oh, liquid Remember? goo, uh, yeah, that was, liquid that was, that goo. That was rough. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the the most. I'm not going to say my favorite. I think the ones that impacted me the most in watching this because this is an easy film to watch sometimes. 
Um, it's a hard film to watch. There's a lot of loss and a lot of sadness in yeah. this movie. Um, Excuse me for everybody watching. I apologize. The yeah, I've had to suppress a yawn a couple of times here. Um, it's it's late. It's not that we're bored with this, but um, I think that when he was on the raft and he was way kind of way out in the ocean and the raft isn't really holding it together and you show, you know you that was rough for me to watch hi kitty um one more storm and he's fucked exactly or when he's trying to like row and he's got his feet in the water and i'm thinking all you need is a shark you know <laughs> and dun, 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 yeah dun, dun, dun. exactly and i had been the first time you heard movie or music in the movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then in here comes Spielberg's lawyers, cause they, um, but they, I, I think that was that was a rough scene, and it wasn't the Wilson scene per se. I know a lot of people cried during when when he was trying to get Wilson and stuff like that. But that whole peril, like part of me is like, why didn't you just stay on the goddamn island? You know, you're gonna die out here. You know, is it? Re- I guess it's it's that's pushing you forward. You you really because in, in my mind, because I'm such a safety oriented person, I don't know if that's something that I would take the risk on. Right? Ironically, that scene when he's in the boat mm-hmm. on the raft and it's falling apart mm-hmm. and he's under the sun and he's dehydrated, like you said, sunburnt and everything. Mm-hmm. It always reminds me of a line from another movie. Right. And that was the Shawshank when Red says, "Get busy living or get busy, busy dying." dying. I mean, die in the ocean, die on the island. You know what I mean? Right. If you're not, you can only eat so many fucking coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> They're diuretic, I yeah, guess, Yeah, apparently. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other, this is going to sound very strange, but the other scene is like when they are like in the hotel room after they welcome him back to Memphis. Right, the, all the people that he's working with, and like, of course, you you pointed out they've got like sushi and crab. Like, I'd he have would flipped want every that one of them shit. fucking tables over. I'd have been like, "Where's my goddamn steak and my baby Ruth?" Exactly. Um, but the fact that everybody's like, "Hey, yeah, big party and stuff like that," that it's such a disconnect to probably where he's at emotionally, and that it it just. It was upsetting, you know. It was probably like what you were saying with the light and stuff like that later on when he's alone. But it's the part where you're you're with people, but you're alone, right? That's to, and you haven't been around, you know, yeah. people. And that's the that's the oh my god! It's just it's too much. Well, right? <laughs> this stuff wasn't around back then, right? Because you're right. He did have a pager. Cell phones did exist right. at that point, but they were just you know what I mean. You take this guy who lives on the edge of technology, mm-hmm. and you put him on a on an island, and he's got nothing. Right. And then you bring him back. There are people today that when they don't have cell service, they freak the fuck out. They lose their shit. I, it it's got to be such a everything flipped upside down. And, and you're right. They brought him back. Did you notice what she offered him to drink on the plane? She offered him Doctor Pepper. A Doctor Pepper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. The guy who says to him, uh, we have to get you, we got meetings to bring you back to life. That's the guy who is in Forrest Gump at the Black Panther meeting, Ginny's boyfriend, the one that smacks her. Oh, really? Same actor. Yeah. Same actor. Okay. Off off track a little bit there. Interesting. To, to, to walk into that room and like you said, and if you do watch this and you, and you don't remember it, there are these tables of food. One of them is nothing but sushi. One of them is these monster crab legs. 
one of these, and you're like, stuff you would be happy to see if you if had not lived on an island living out of the Tuesday. ocean. Yeah, for yeah. four years. <laughs> Uh, it's got, you're right. It's got to be such an upside down thing. And all these people are like, oh, hey, y'all, you remember how yeah. Like, it's happy for them. How the fuck do you think I feel? Can I just, back can I just, on, just give me a, yeah. Just lay down on this bed for 20 minutes. And, and yeah. Let me, let me, is that a color TV? And yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sit I, in the fetal position. Like, <laughs> and you've been gone for four years. You don't, again, you don't know what's been going on. You have no, yeah. Who's, no who's the president? Not, yeah. Right. Hey, kitten. Um, so okay, I have one more. Okay, and let me let me. It's between two, so let me. Again, these are like I think the fact that um, when he finally gets around to opening the packages, that you need that levity of having these ridiculous things at your disposal that you ultimately turn into some kind of um, tool, right? Um. But I, that moment of levity, I think, is was probably much needed. Besides, you know, him yelling at Wilson. But, um, but I guess that's it. I don't that's think three. in a movie like this, it's your favorite scenes. It's probably the ones that impacted you the most yeah. because there's nothing about this movie that anybody looks at and goes, "Oh, I loved that scene." No, right? No, right? All right. Okay. Um, would you watch it again? <sighs> to be frank. I think I've seen enough of Tom Hanks nipples for a lifetime, but I mean, <laughs> that's the one thing that I was why like, do you think I had you watch this movie to begin with? <laughs> I think there's it was, a couple scenes where you see his ass too. Uh, but you just they're there, they're the pointy point poking out. It was cold. Like, he was yeah. on a, a yeah, tropical I know. island. I get it. I get it. Um, I thought it was an interesting concept. Um, I think there are things obviously that we missed that you probably want to go back and check on and stuff like that. I don't know if I could sit through it again. It's, it's a long movie. Yeah, it's a it's a rough watch. You know, it's like I compare. I compare this now. It's not on the same level. It, I like The Godfather. Is mm-hmm. The Godfather a great movie? Yes, The Godfather is a great movie. Do I want to watch it again? Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen it. I, I'm kind of good. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's Thanksgiving weekend on a full stomach. Maybe. maybe yeah. You but know, you don't have yeah, to do I, much. You don't want to get off the couch. This isn't a movie that I'll throw in to watch. No, it's not. It's not a. It's not a time passer either. I think. Um, that's one of the things that you like to have a movie that you can just kind of have it on the background and stuff like that. I don't think that that's that kind yeah. of movie. Well, I. This isn't a. It's an. It's an intense movie. Yeah. It is, and it's. It's not a dark movie. No. But it's a dark movie. It, it, it's not, you know, you, you understand okay, what I'm I'll trying to say yeah. because of the loss and the sadness and yeah. the different things. And, you know, so. It, it's one that kind of, I mean, I think it's a good choice for me because I do like those movies that you kind of sit with for a little while and then try to put the pieces together. Um, and so, yeah, I think. From that point of view, yeah, I can see that this is a a, a good movie for me. I liked it, that those type of things. Would I watch it again? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So the last question is, what am I going to watch? Okay. I picked out a movie that so that's that's a good start. <laughs> I think, like this movie, it's sometimes the story around the movie is sometimes a little bit more interesting than the movie itself. I'm just going to set it up that way. So I have chosen 
Jennifer's body. Is that the vampire one? It's not a vampire one. It is a horror. Is that Megan Fox? Megan Fox, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not Halloween. Oh, sorry. <sighs> All right. Okay. You don't look happy. Well, I mean, it's Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lot of what is going to make it interesting because okay. this is one of those this is one of those stories where the studio and the creators completely disconnected. Oh, we got us some Spider-Man 3 going on. <laughs> somebody asked me the other day on Twitter, somebody put a poll up and said, what are your four favorite horror movies? And yeah. I put, I can't even remember what I put up at this point. And then I said, honorable mention, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you for uh, waiting on us. Like if you had a choice. If, you had a, if you've been listening and we just kind of fell off the face of the earth, so we appreciate you... Uh, uh, being back. If you're back, if you're new, welcome. We hope that we uh, gave you some interesting things to listen to. Um, I am uh, um, in the middle of a, a job transition, so I'm hopeful it's hopefully going to give me a little bit more time to um, do some extra things around the podcast um, and maybe help us uh, uh, record with a little bit more frequency, you know, barring any other pandemic illness issues uh going on be good yeah it would be good um so i'm also going to try to do a little bit more with our social media as well um hopefully you know get some engagement going with you um if you if you liked what you listened to please follow us um we are on uh instagram at honey watch this and at on twitter at honey watch this um we also have a, a facebook page we haven't been totally active on that um if you want to listen to more episodes or see what other episodes that we do have um we are on any podcast platform um or you can go to um honey you should watch this at pod.podbean.com um and our full catalog is there um, if you are a podcaster, um, and you enjoy film and you enjoy, um, subjecting, uh, people to your taste in film, um, we're open. Uh, let us know if you, uh, want to share a movie with us, um, and we'll, uh, try to get you on, uh, via Zoom and, or phone or however we want to do this. But, um, we, we definitely enjoy talking to other people about their film choices. Um, like I said, uh, when we started this podcast, it really isn't about, whether or not you like the film, it's whether or not you can appreciate the film and what other people see in a film. So uh, this keep, is fun. Keep that in mind because I already know what your next movie is. Oh, Jesus. It's going to be earnest, right? It's going to be earnest. Uh, <laughs> Hands in the so, air. I don't know. Ooh. Might be. Um, so uh, that's it. Uh, so we hope you had fun. Um, we're glad you joined us. And uh, you want to plug your other podcast? Uh, you can listen to Top 5 for Fighting, which is available everywhere you can find Honey, You Should Watch This. It is a more... Um, Brotastic. Yeah. We're not as uh, we're not as sophisticated on that one as we are on this one. But we talk about movies and TV and wrestling and sports and just uh, general just kind of fun shit, video games. It's two guys. And we do a Talking top, about guy stuff. We do a top five list every week. A couple of our top five lists we've had recently. One of them was uh, Ways We Could Spice Up Baseball. That was a fun one. Punishments that you would receive if you went to heck, which isn't hell. <gasps> yeah. It's so, you know, those were fun. And our last one was uh, uh, top five ways to quit a bad job. That All was a good right. one. All right. 
So yeah, we have a good time on that one. Thank you very much for the shameless pitch. There you go. All right. Well, thank you. And we will see you on the next episode. Hopefully it's not too long next time. It's not, it wasn't too bad today. We only had three and a half hours. I mean, the time in between. It, it, it'll be next week. <laughs> we, we, need Almost, to be... we did it longer than Castaway. Okay, yeah, see, we did we, it. We it was, did it. We made a podcast longer than Castaway. An hour and 15 minutes. It wasn't. Oh, okay. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.